0: Hey everybody and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings Podcast 11! We're past double digits, oh my god, oh my god, taking it to 11. I don't know what that means, but there you go. So, something new for this podcast and on is that I discovered, um, I looked up the fair use uh, laws on sound samples. Because some of them have been much shorter than I wanted. I wanted, you know, a, a certain chunk and in some cases that chunk has been more than the 10 to 12 seconds I've been using. So I looked up the law, and the law says that fair use allows me to do 10% of a song up to 30 seconds. So most of the songs I've been using have been around 3.5 to 4 minutes, so that means I could have up to 30 seconds. So I remastered some of the song samples that I use, and some of them will be a little bit longer than have... Previously been used. So if you hear the same music but it's longer, then you'll know why. And sometimes I'll still use the silly voices, um, you know, the cartoon sounds and whatnot. But as you've been noticing, if you've been following the podcast, I've been using them less and less frequently. I'll probably just use one or two here and there in some segments. I won't go crazy like I used to, although it was funny. I don't think it quite flowed as nicely as I wanted. I kind of like the talkie bits and then a little music and then something a little silly to sort of break the break the talkie bits up and then back to talkie bits. So that's uh, the changes from now on. So on with podcast 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. <laughs> So in Dragon Age 2, my character um, finally got a sweetie. Yay for love. I'm playing it kind of slowly. So it, it's it been a while since launch, but um, I haven't played all that much. I've been playing my online game mostly. And it just made me think about how important these real, real-ish relationships are in gaming. In Dragon Age 2, and even Dragon Age 1, as well as Mass Effect, since they're, they're both made by Bioware, you can have relationships with these companion characters who go with you on your journeys. You do different quests, and during the quests, there will be certain conversation branches that they may agree with or disagree with, and they may become um, more friendly towards you or have a rivalry with you and disagree with you. And in some cases, I know in previous games, I don't know about Dragon Age 2, but they would actually leave your party and you would lose having them as a companion option. I'm sure it's pretty easy for anyone to understand why it's important and good for, you know, healthy-ish in terms of intellectual change, for players to explore different worlds and different environments and different conditions that they may not get to experience as you know, a real-life person or, you know, in in the best case scenario would never actually experience like war or struggle or different kinds of oppression or being oppressed or, you know, being of a race or people who are put upon by other people. And these are all these are all things you can experience through games and they give you, you know, just life experience like you would gain, you know, in real life. Only, you know, it's virtual. So it it will impact you slightly differently because you know it's not real, quote-unquote. But you have still the experience of, you know, what was it like to be that character? What was it like to interact with the other characters in different ways? But it's also important because some people can't really experience these things. I mean, we absolutely don't want to experience what it's like to really be in a war, especially one which has, you know, horrific perfect uh... implications like you know they're racially based or you know, based upon oppressing somebody we certainly don't want to really experience those things i mean you know god bless the soldiers who actually go out and uh... fight for freedoms of people who are you know suffering those conditions today but you know ideally we we don't want to have that in the real world but you know through games we can experience that and we can see what it's like for those characters and thereby see what it's like for us but in terms of just not wanting to really experience those things for real there are cases where we might not have the opportunity to experience these things like right now i've been single forever and i don't have any friends so being in a game like dragon age where i can have friends and i can have interaction with the people and you know, join them in their their adventures and their stories as well as my own and, you know, have relationships. You know, these are things I can't experience right now on my own so I can live vicariously through a game. And so, you know, some people would say, why don't you go out and really do it? Well, you know, I don't have the option right now. And the same goes true for other people who live in isolated areas. Maybe they're a single parent and they don't have time to go out and do these things. Or maybe, you know, they have a physical disability and they actually can't go out and do these things. Or maybe, you know, they have some kind of condition that prevents them from being able to go out and do these things. So having a game allow us to do those things is really important for us, I think, as a society and as well as individuals, um, spiritually, as it were, you know, so that we can still do these things that we otherwise couldn't do they also have great emotional significance because obviously you know we can't really throw a huge fireball and blow up a town you know but through gaming we can play a character who can do that we can experience what it's like to have that kind of power and those kind of choices or you know be a knight and protect other people and take a lot of punishment and you know beat people up with swords you know these are things we can't really do in real life but Through the game, we can experience it and we can feel what it's like for our character to become stronger or more powerful or more politically, you know, affluent, I guess would be the word, or to be a thief and sneak around and, you know, do things that may be questionable, like, you know, take a treasure or something while, you know, nobody sees you. You know, these are things that we can safely experience through the game and, uh, you know, we, we can get the life experience for them and, and see what it's like to be these kind of people without actually having to be them. So hopefully as you play your games and experience your different worlds and your different lives, you will live many happy lives and many lives which impact your own real life. And hopefully they will give you something to think about and something to consider and, you know, serve as more than just entertainment. They will help you grow and understand you know, about your own life and the real world. I'm not capable of that emotion. So in thinking about your avatar, I was reminded about a D&D rating thing about, you know, rates your real-life class, as it were, and it rated me a bard. And I, I was thinking about that more and more, and about how we have avatars in game and how we have avatars outside of the game, like on forums and whatnot, that that we use to represent ourselves, not just in picture form, but also in what names we choose. And I was thinking that um, you know the the bard really seems to kind of match with me, because bards typically tell stories and they they listen to stories and you know they're they're somewhat intelligent and somewhat sneaky and they don't like to be right up in somebody's face and be all like a a tank would you know um i do that in game but that's only because you know my real lifestyle doesn't usually work in in mogs i was also reminded about a guildie who he was upset about certain groups because he was in a pickup group and he was trying to tell them strategies of the dungeon because some of them were new in the group he had done it you know several times so he knew the strategies but they wouldn't listen to him because he was just a DPS class he wasn't a tank and he wasn't a healer therefore what would he know of strategies so it seems odd that people would assume that just because somebody's avatar is a certain thing they must be a certain way in personality and knowledge like I was in a group Um, I think maybe a week ago and the guy asked how long have you been tanking and I gave him an answer I don't think he expected I think he expected me to say oh I've been tanking ever since the game launched a month ago but I thought about it and I said "Um, like five years over half a dozen games and that's true it's not an exaggeration I've I've actually been tanking that long I've been playing online games much longer than that. EverQuest 1 launched back in 99, so I've been playing different online games for, you know, 12 plus years, not counting single player games, which, you know, they don't have the typical MMOG, you know, Trinity, as it were, of tanking DPS or healer. So, you know, that aside, I've been gaming and have experience for far, far longer than that. But it seems strange that people would Sort of assume so many things based on your avatar, be that an in game class or what race you pick or um you know what faction you pick in some cases, and you know some cases it it might not be true like my rabbit avatar I've used you know both in name and picture for like six or seven years now the The avatar has changed a few times, but you know my name is is almost always rabbit. And so I've gotten recognition from people to go, oh, hey, I remember you from these forums, you know, two or three years ago. And you helped me do a system build then and I'm doing a new one now and whoosh, you know, I found you again. So there's recognition for some avatars. And, you know, that's not always based on what people see immediately, but, you know, what they know of you historically. And I think it's really important to not assume that just because we see somebody in this form, that this is the only form they've ever had this is the only form they ever will have and that you know their understanding of the game and the world is based on just that one form people can have multiple characters they can have multiple games they're playing they can have multiple games they have played over the years certainly so just because somebody is you know say DPS for example that doesn't mean they don't know how to tank similarly that doesn't mean they don't know how to heal or any other role, and absolutely, they should know strategies if they've been playing for a while. So, any class can know strategies and understand fights, it's not limited to any one thing. What a strange person! Words like break the silence, come crashing in into my little world. Painful to me, it's right through me. So today I was talking to a guildie about our characters in the game and how we like to play our our particular play styles. My play style is that I like paladin quite a bit. But it has a problem in that it's basically completely defensive and all of its moves are based on reactions from blocking. Which means you can't DPS as Paladin at all because the moves are based on, you know, reactions. So if you're doing DPS, you aren't going to be getting those openings to do those moves. Additionally, they have threat built into those moves. So it's impossible to DPS with a shield as Paladin at all even if you could conceive of how to do it somehow. Because any time you block and you, you do one of those reaction moves, even if you're just blocking, you're going to generate additional threat, which means you're going to be pulling threat off the main tank, and threat's going to be going all over the place, and it's going to be a big disaster. My guilty was talking about how he's kind of the same way with mage. He really likes the damage of mage, and you know some people want him to heal sometimes, but he doesn't really like to heal. But more importantly... He he finds it contrary to his style. Um, we were talking about uh, another role I have, where I have a second DPS spec, and it's like I like the one that I have that uses two handed in certain moves, but I don't like this other one that I have, which is dual wield, because it's against my personal style. It's it, it's just boring to me. It you know it's basically push one 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 two one 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 five you know and and you just do that over and over and over or you just get down to the point where you're just doing one 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 and it's like boring so even that was against my style so that just gets on to the idea of we envision our avatars certain ways like i'm i see myself as paladin in most MMOGs, and in this game in particular it's the one that i like the most but because the way is that the way the game is designed, it forces us to do certain roles. Like, you know, I I wouldn't mind doing DPS as paladin, but it's effectively impossible. Just like my guildie says, he wouldn't necessarily mind healing, you know, guildmates or, or other groups that he's in, but it's really contrary to his style and his perception of what the mage is, and he really likes just being mage. So even if we have these avatars that we like, even if we have, you know, uh, a somewhat flexible perception of what they should be, sometimes we're blocked from being able to do what we want by the game and the game design itself. Thundercats! Ho! Thundercats! Another concept about avatars is that they aren't just avatars. They aren't just characters. We've fleshed them out and we've given them personalities and feelings and thoughts and preferences as to which, which races and classes we prefer them to be if we are carrying them across multiple games. Like I have about two or three different sort of avatars. I have, you know, characters that I've carried over multiple games I think I've I've had one character now that um, I've used in about three different games and you know this is this is again getting to the fact that we like what we like and we have our preferences and we have this sort of persona built up into this character which is you know sort of an avatar that we use in various places in various games and we have their their prefaces and styles and the doesn't always match to the game like in in the the online game I'm playing now the one that I that I chose is actually the name of the character I typically use for my roguish slash warrior characters and she's paladin now so it's really just the the name I've taken and sort of the the paladin personality that I have that I carry with me through multiple games is the one that I've sort of mishmashed in with her name so it's kind of different but for each of us individually it makes sense that we have you know what we like and what we carry with us over you know long-term and these are sort of sort of friends we have I guess you could say um, that we hold dear in our hearts and we like them certain ways and we don't want people you know messing with that idea so if a game comes along and it restricts us in some way it can be kind of frustrating because that's not what we fit to this character it's like i'd like this character to be able to do this and this and this but the game doesn't allow that and when that happens it can be understandably frustrating because we have our vision of what this avatar is and what they do and if we can't do that then it's upsetting and we have to you know change our plan and and change our vision of that character sometimes though it can be freeing because it can allow for a change in the overall character concept or an evolution of the character in a way that we weren't expecting to happen. And so sometimes, you know, just let it happen. Watch your luck? Thank you, Twiggy. One way our avatars can change is if we take them from different genres. Say, we normally play a fantasy game, but we're bringing them into a science fiction game. Also, you know, there's western games and other kind of games. You know, not set in any particular universe, like steampunk, for example, is kind of cross genre. I was playing a game just now uh, called Darkspore, and it's sort of like Diablo, but in a science fiction setting. And it's actually pretty cool because you get all these different critters and you're sort of like a puppet master and you control the different critters. So in science fiction, there's, there's, you know, aliens basically is what these guys are. And so you don't really have that tie for, you know, your avatars that you're used to seeing. Maybe in some games, you know, there's like space elves or whatever. So there's some crossover. And that could be part of the reason why historically sci-fi games haven't done as well as fantasy games because people can't really relate to aliens or, you know, things that are too different easily. They might get confused and then they don't quite follow the story. Like this game has sort of chosen to sort of keep the archetypes. Like there's one critter I like and he's sort of like a rogue. He's got these huge blades on his arms and he kind of teleports around. And then there's another one that's sort of a blaster. He sits at range and he's like pew, 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 pew. He's kind of slow. So I, I like him, but I don't like him too much. And then there's like a tank-like guy who's like super slow. And it actually says tank on his character archetype thingy where you, you buy him and unlock him. And there's like a whole bunch of guys later on that I haven't gotten to yet. So there's all kinds of different things they're doing with, you know, the avatars. And, um they might be things you're used to and they might be things that are completely different and that's that's very cool when you can take you know your your old concepts and bring them into new games but also it's very cool to have something that's so completely different you have to start over it is kind of confusing if you do that because i mean you know the items do have certain stats like such and such damage or such and such ability but some things are like a little bit too different they're kind of hard to follow so Whenever you get into a new game that's science fiction based or whatever, the developers have to be really, really careful to make sure there is enough to pull the player in that they understand. And of course, if it's a, a role-playing game like Mass Effect, there has to be enough that the player can relate to, you know, in terms of, of story and, and the character relating relating to the characters or the the companion characters. Otherwise, they'll just lose the audience entirely. Like in this game, it's okay because it's an action game. So, you know, one of my guys has like four legs and it's like, you know, there's guys that I haven't unlocked yet that look like basically big bugs. And that's pretty cool, you know, but, you know, I don't need to relate to them as characters. I just need to relate to them as, you know, this guy does this and this guy does that. And so that's okay. so here we are at the end of podcast 11 and we're into double digits now and we're still going strong um i'm having a good time uh i think it's a, a good sign that when i was listening to my podcast earlier today and it was only it was only about half done i was uh you know doing doing some stuff on the web just kind of listening to it in the background making sure the the transitions had the proper spacing in terms of white noise as it were and uh, when it got to the end, I was like, oh, is that it? Oh, I want more. So, you know, I'm still enjoying doing them, and I'm enjoying listening to them. And I think that's that's a good sign. And I've heard from a few people, you know, just a few, that um, they like it, and they think it's pretty cool. Um, I haven't heard anything bad yet, so that's good. It looks like there are still no reviews on iTunes, either good or bad. So I suppose that's that's something hopeful. And, um... That's it for this time. That's all I can think of. There's no Pirate's Treasure. Um, there may be bloopers. You'll have to listen and see. And uh, that's it for this week. Or, you know, this podcast. So, that's it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Oh, um, Easter's coming up. Um, It will probably happen between this podcast and next podcast. So, everybody have a happy Bunny Day. Yay for Bunny Day. Okay. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> They also have a great emotional impact because, you know, it, it I, bleep, 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 bleep. and so it can be frustrating and we have to adjust our, our thoughts and, and, bleep. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use a space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com. If you friend me you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. Whenever you type rabbit in any of those, be sure to, to put a one in place of I. Rabbit's Rambling is copyright 2011 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribute Sharealike license.